the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Faith, hope, love, the very secret of any man's greatness. Those three gifts and powers are kept alive and active by prayer. And when we have family prayer in our home, then in what a wonderful way each member of that family circle enriches the other. In what a wonderful way each member of that circle helps the others to acquire and cultivate and possess those three powers, a living faith, a firm hope, a burning love. May God and Mary love you, and may your voice join the millions to say, the family that prays together stays together. Hey, hey there. Welcome back to Catholic with a Zen Mind. That's right. The only podcast in the Catholic world where we take a look at Zen Buddhist thought. Not to mix anything. This isn't a bar, and I'm no bartender. But to uncover the Zen within Catholicism using traditional church Now, if you're just joining us, you know we have not been doing that for the past month. Because, as a matter of fact, it's October. You didn't already know, obviously. <laughs> Which means it's the month of the rosary. So we've been dedicating this whole month to rosary-themed episodes here on Catholic with the Zen Mind. It's taken a lot of effort, a lot of work has gone into me doing this. But I hope you've all picked up what I've been trying to present, which is the power of the rosary, how strong it is. And even if you're only praying five decades, broken up by ten Hail Marys at a time throughout your day, if you get at least five of those in, Pray your rosary every day. That's, that's the only thing. And that's what all of our warriors stressed throughout their life and what makes them our warriors and why we're talking about them today. Now, if you thought 
Yesterday was an all-star lineup. Wait till you see who I got lined up for you today. Now, starting us off, you heard a quote from our first warrior today. Now, later on, we'll talk about the missionary of the rosary and the bishop of the rosary. But for now, we're going to talk about the priest of the rosary. Born in 1909 and died in 1992. Some of you may already know, based upon the phrase or the saying, who exactly I'm talking about. Let's go ahead and dive on in to the warriors of the rosary. Born into a poor family in Ireland, at the age of 19, he immigrated to the United States to find employment. He found work as a janitor at the Catholic Cathedral in Scranton, Pennsylvania. On one occasion, he was so inspired by a mission preached by the Holy Cross Fathers that he joined their religious community and became a seminarian. While a seminarian, he was healed from tuberculosis as a result of praying a novena to Our Lady. In Thanksgiving, he made a promise to Our Lady that he would spend the rest of his life telling families throughout the world how Mary desires to help them and bringing the daily rosary into their homes. In his zeal for spreading the rosary, he became one of the greatest promoters of the rosary in the history of the church. After initiating a radio program in Albany, New York that sought to spread the family rosary, he officially launched the Family Rosary Apostolate in 1942. As part of his efforts to spread the family rosary across America, he wrote to every bishop in the United States and asked them to promote the family rosary in their respective dioceses. He coined the catchy slogan, the family that prays together stays together, and was able to mobilize some of the most famous Hollywood actors and celebrities of his time to support his rosary efforts. He even got many of these celebrities to, to appear on television programs and radio broadcasts to promote the family rosary. In 1947, he launched Family Theater Productions as a further method for promoting the family rosary through the media. And in 1948, he began the Family Rosary Crusades Apostolate. During his lifetime, he organized rosary events in more than 40 countries, gathering over 28 million people to pray the rosary. He was greatly loved by many popes and was a personal friend of St. Teresa of Calcutta. He is buried in Holy Cross Cemetery, located on the grounds of Stonehill College in Easton, Massachusetts. The fervent Marian devotion of Venerable Father Patrick Payton can be traced back to his formative years in Ireland. He was greatly influenced by his devout Catholic parents and the Marian devotion of the Irish people. Every evening, his mother would call the family to prayer, and his father would lead the family rosary in the home. 
during his time as a seminarian in the United States. After his healing from tuberculosis took place, his love for Mary turned into an apostolate. He understood his mission in life to be spreading devotion to Mary and her rosary, writing several books, and addressing crowds across the world. Mary was his princess. He was honored to bring solid teaching about his princess to every nation, and often referred to himself as Mary's donkey. The famous actress Loretta Young once made the remark that she had never met a man so in love with a woman as Father Peyton was in love with the Blessed Virgin Mary. His Marian devotion inspired many people all over the world to pray the rosary as a means of peaceful resistance to dictatorial regimes. For example, in 1986, during the People Power Revolution that overthrew the oppressive dictatorship of President Ferdinand Marcos in the Philippines, it was the message of Father Patrick Payton that gave the Filipino people tremendous strength and heroic courage, sufficient to enable them to stand in front of armed tanks and pray the rosary. On the famous EDSA freeway, the people were encouraged to stand their ground and pray the rosary when they saw the huge billboards for Father Patrick Payton's rosary crusades that lined the streets. The billboards read, The family that prays together stays together, and a world at prayer is a world at peace. The rosary brought about a peaceful revolution. Not a single shot was fired. Without exaggeration, the efforts of Father Patrick Payton to spread the family rosary are unparalleled. Truly deserving to be called the rosary priest, he not only founded major movements to promote the family rosary, but also produced 15 short films that used the mysteries of the rosary as their central themes. He was so bold in service to his mission that in 1971 he wrote a letter to Pope Paul VI requesting the rosary's elevation to the status of a liturgical prayer. He made such a request because he was watching entire nations turn away from the rosary during the 1960s and early 1970s. The rejection of the rosary greatly disturbed him, and he begged the Vicar of Christ to do something about it. The response from Rome came in the form of St. Pope Paul VI, famous 1974 apostolic letter, Marialis Cultus. Though the letter did not elevate the rosary to the status of a liturgical prayer, St. Pope Paul VI greatly defended the rosary, encouraged the faithful to pray it, and placed a particular emphasis on the family rosary. In the mind of Father Patrick Payton, the rosary is the psalter of redemption because it lovingly intertwines two most beautiful prayers, the Our Father 
and the Hail Mary. He considered the rosary a method of evangelization and a catechetical tool. For this reason, he always emphasized the importance of reciting the creed at the beginning of the rosary. Like many others, he expressed a desire for additional mysteries to be associated with the rosary so that people could learn to meditate more frequently on the public life of Jesus. Several of the mysteries he proposed would later be incorporated into the rosary by St. John Paul II, echoing the words of blessed Pope Pius IX. Father Peyton informed everyone in attendance at his events that when they held the rosary in, they were in their hands, they were holding the single richest treasure in the Vatican. He was convinced that praying the rosary as a family would make virtue and good works flourish in both the home and in society. To further encourage people to pray the rosary, he promoted the 15 promises of Our Lady to those who pray the rosary. Due to the effectiveness and popularity of his family rosary crusades, Father Peyton received personal invitations from bishops all around the world to visit their countries and spread the family rosary. In 1961, more than 550,000 people attended his rosary rally in San Francisco. This event was proclaimed by the Archdiocesan Archivist, the most important event in the history of the Archdiocese of San Francisco. In 1962, he gathered more than one million people in Colombia to pray the rosary. And in the same year, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, he gathered over 1.5 million In 1964, he gathered 2 million people in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And in 1985, he gathered well over 2 million people in the Philippines to pray the rosary. So that's the bio on one of the greatest champions of the rosary, Venerable Father Patrick Payton. I'll go ahead here and we'll read through the quotes we have of Venerable Father Patrick Payton. And I'm just going to go ahead and read. Most of them are pretty short, but I'm going to go ahead and read as many of them as I can. We'll start with the longest ones first. <laughs> it's in that school, in that sanctuary, in that holy home of the rosary that I discovered Mary. And in discovering Mary, I discovered a protector. I found a friend. I found a mother that would never die. I found a mother filled with affection for me, filled with concern for my welfare, lavishing upon me her strength, her prayers, her guidance, her protection. 
I'm speaking to you of Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, and thanks to the family rosary. This is the greatest fruit that it gave me. When combined with the pure contemplative prayer of the rosary meditations, the Hail Mary becomes the most powerful weapon ever placed in the hands of man. A weapon which, through God and His most blessed Mother, will someday change the face of the earth. When you look at the rosary in your hand, it appears very simple. That little string of beads. Yet, how far that short chain reaches. What a cosmos it encircles. How closely it binds us to God and to Mary. You hold the power to change your lives. Starting on their wedding day, my parents knelt each evening before the hearth to say together the family rosary, that God and Mary might protect and bless their home and fill it with the laughter of children. Countless families the world over invite Mary to their homes through the family rosary. She comes. They sense her presence. They solve their problems because where Mary is present, there is Christ, her divine Son. From my earliest moments I saw my father with the rosary beads in his hands, and my mother holding hers. The rosary can bring families through all dangers and evils. I want to get 10 million families to pray the rosary every day. Because of the daily family rosary, my home was for me a cradle, a school, a university, a library, and most of all, a little church. It is the rosary prayed by families that will keep the lights of faith glowing in the days of darkness of faith as it has done in the past. What a blessed thing it would be if we could pray the rosary over nationwide radio and bring our blessed mother into every home in America. We must hold fast to the treasure of the rosary, the gift of our blessed mother. We must never forget the rosary and its meaning the very embodiment of our Christianity. Like all the works and events in the church, the rosary has the power and touch of the Holy Spirit upon it. Throughout history, the friends of our Blessed Lady have devised ways and means of asking for her power and intercession. And the most outstanding means is the rosary. The one thing I want to do with my life is to devote every minute of it to restoring the family rosary. 
what is so good about the rosary is that it goes all the way in telling the whole story of Jesus and Mary and ourselves. Venerable Father Patrick Payton, the priest of the rosary. You might be saying with your voice, Hail Mary, full of grace, but your heart is telling God just what I said. Dear God, I love you. Lovely lady dressed in blue, teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy. Tell me what to say. Did you lift him up sometimes, gently on your knee? Did you sing to him the way mother does to me? Did you ever try telling him stories of the world? And oh, did he cry? Do you think he cares if I tell him things? Just little things that happen? And do angels' wings make a noise? Can he hear me if I speak low? Does he understand me now? Tell me, for you know. Lovely lady dressed in blue, teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy, and you know the way. May the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain upon you forever and ever. By and God love you. I'm sure based upon that there clip, many of you probably can guess exactly who this warrior of the rosary is. If not, don't worry, I'll tell you. Born in El Paso, Illinois, and is considered one of the first Catholic televangelists. He was a master orator with a quick wit and an uncanny ability to present deep theological topics in a simple and understandable way. The famed G.K. Chesterton greatly admired him and wrote the introduction to his first book, published in 1925. As a priest, he reached over four million people every Sunday from 1930 to 1952 with his nationally broadcast radio program, The Catholic Hour. In 1952, he was made an auxiliary bishop of the Diocese of New York and began a television program called Life is Worth Living. This program lasted for five years and, on average, reached over 30 million people every week. The program was so popular that he won two Emmy awards, though he held 
a doctorate in philosophy. His message was understandable by the vast majority of people and appealed to everyone, including non-Catholics. He was later made the Bishop of Rochester, New York, and eventually an Archbishop. In spite of his busy schedule, he still found time to write more than 73 books. Deeply devoted to the Eucharist, he was dedicated to spending a holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament every day, and often remarked that all his ability to preach and teach came from that daily devotion. He converted many famous people to Catholicism and served as the national director of the Society for the Propagation of the Faith. Two months before he died, he met St. John Paul II during a papal visit to St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. During that encounter, St. John Paul II embraced him, praised his work, and told him that he was a loyal son of the Church. And I'll read more about just who the Bishop of the Rosary is when we get back from this quick, short break. Sit tight. You will never attain a deep spiritual life without the scriptures. Read them in silence. Read them in the family. In silence we best discover God. Hey friends, it's Amanda. And if you love coffee as much as I do, and you're trying to manage your weight, I've got great news for you. There is a first-to-the-market coffee that tastes amazing and can help you with your weight loss goals. Isn't that crazy? It's a French roast coffee, only 10 calories, and it will help keep you full for hours. It also has nootropics to boost your brain and improve your focus, and it is made from five plant-based sources of caffeine. I would love to give you more information. These results will blow you away. For more information, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. My name is Amanda Wurtz, W-U-E-R-T-Z. Thanks, guys. God bless. Hey, hey there, listeners. Are you enjoying the show? Do you want more content? If there was a way you could contribute financially to the show, might that interest you? Well, we've been working on that, and for now, we've got a way you can support the podcast. It's to buy CBD products from our affiliate link, which we'll put in the show notes. CTFO, that's Changing the Future Outcome. CTFO CBD is the fastest growing CBD company. Get excellent pricing on top quality organic hemp CBD products and support the podcast at the same time. According to the Harvard Health blog, CBD may help treat certain forms of childhood epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, chronic pain, arthritis, and may help to inhibit inflammatory and neuropathic pain. All 50 states have laws legalizing CBD with varying degrees of restriction, so check your local laws. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and tell your friends. And I wanted to go to Lourdes. And I said, well, if I have faith enough to go to Lourdes to celebrate the fifth anniversary of my ordination, it's up to the Blessed Mother to get me out. 
And I decided that if the Blessed Mother was going to pay my hotel bill, she could just as well pay a big one as a little one. <laughs> so I went to the best hotel in Lourdes. Sixty, I got my bill. I stuck it out because the novena was nine days of prayer. Waiting for the ninth day, I went down in the morning, nothing happened. The ninth noon, nothing happened. The ninth evening, nothing happened, and it was serious. So I thought I'd give the Blessed Mother another chance. <laughs> I went down to the grotto about half past ten, as I was saying the rosary, a portly gentleman tapped me on the shoulder. He said, are you an American priest? Yes. You speak French? Yes. You know Paris? Yes. Well, I'm Mr. So-and-so of New York. And he said, we want you to come to Paris with us and uh, tomorrow and talk French for us. He said, have you paid your hotel bill yet? That was the most interesting question, question I ever <laughs> When he was born, his mother consecrated him to the blessed Virgin Mary. Then, when he received his first Holy Communion, his mother renewed this consecration. All throughout his youth, Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen had an intense love for the Blessed Mother. During his priestly ministry, Mary was a frequent theme of his sermons, and he often gave inspiring conferences regarding the role of Mary in the spiritual life. When Sheen became a bishop, he chose the phrase, Da per matrem me venere, that I may come to you through the mother, as his episcopal motto. His favorite Marian shrine was Our Lady of Lourdes, which he visited over 30 times throughout his life. Sheen's eloquence in writing about Our Lady is evidenced in his Marian masterpiece, The World's First Love, Mary, the Mother of God. In this book, and in many of his other writings, he stressed the central importance of the person of Mary in Christianity, noting that God created his own mother and loved her so much that he gave her ten times as much of his life as he did his apostles. In other words, our blessed Lord gave three years of his life to his disciples, but he gave thirty years to his dear mother. In eloquent prose, Sheen speaks of Mary as the saborium of the real presence, the key to the treasure box that is Jesus, the heart of Christianity, and the one through whom the Muslims will come to Christ. He always emphasized that Jesus and Mary were inseparable, saying that if a person loses the mother, they will eventually also lose the son. As a priest, a bishop, and an archbishop, Fulton Sheen always promoted the rosary. In his numerous philosophical and theological books, he always found a way to fit in a thought or two on the rosary. He firmly believed that the rosary had the power to transform both individuals and society at large. He encouraged people to pray it while walking, working, and driving. In his day, he even noted that the knobs on most steering wheels 
could be used as counters for the Hail Marys. He considered the rosary to be therapeutic, especially since it is a form of meditative prayer that involves touching the beads of the rosary, caressing the crucifix, and kissing it tenderly. Sheen taught that the rosary is a prayer for everyone, from the simplest person to the greatest theologian. He often reminded those who considered themselves intellectually elite that they were depriving themselves of great graces if they failed to humble themselves and pray the rosary. From 1950 to 1966, he served as the national director for the Society for the Propagation of the Faith. In that position, he greatly promoted the rosary in a number of ways, including his creation of the World Mission Rosary. His desire was for everyone to make a prayerful missionary tour of the world by praying a rosary made up of different colors, signifying the different geographical regions of the world. Green stands for Africa, blue for the vast Pacific region of Oceania, white for Europe, red for the Americas, and yellow for Asia since it is the land of the rising sun. His world mission rosary became very popular and is still in use today. And he was pronounced venerable on June 28, 2012 by Pope Benedict XVI. So there you have a little profile on Venerable Fulton J. Sheen. So being <laughs> the man that Venerable Fulton J. Sheen was, there are lots of quotes in the book here, and many of them are quite long. So I'm going to read uh, quite a few. I'll start with this one. is one of the longer ones, but I'll read quite a few of these, and then we'll move on to the missionary of the rosary. But first, let's hear a few quotes, and then... I might actually play a few more sound bites from Bishop Sheen himself, some of his choice moments, you could say. It is objected that there is much repetition in the Rosary, inasmuch as the Lord's Prayer and the Hail Mary are said so often. Therefore, it is monotonous. That reminds me of a woman who came to see me one evening after instructions. She said, I would never become a Catholic. You say the same words in the rosary over and over again, and anyone who repeats the same words is never sincere. I would never believe anyone who repeated his words, and neither would God. I asked her who the man was with her. She said he was her fiancé. I asked, does he love you? Certainly he does. But how do you know? He told me. What did he say? He said, I love you. When did he tell you last? About an hour ago. Did he tell you before? Yes, last night. He tells me every night. I said, don't believe him. He is repeating. He is not sincere. 
In the rosary, we not only say prayers, we think them. Concentration is impossible when the mind is troubled. Thoughts run helter-skelter. A thousand and one images flood across the mind. Distracted and wayward, the spiritual seems a long way off. The rosary is the best therapy for these distraught, unhappy, fearful, and frustrated souls precisely because it involves the simultaneous use of three powers, the physical, the vocal, and the spiritual, and in that order. Because the rosary is both a mental and a vocal prayer, it is one where intellectual elephants may battle, and the simple birds may also sip. All the idle moments of one's life can be sanctified thanks to the rosary. As we walk the streets, we pray the rosary, hidden in our hand or in our pockets. As we are driving an automobile, the little knobs under most steering wheels can serve as counters for the decades. While waiting to be served at a lunchroom, or waiting for a train, or in a store, or while playing dummy at bridge, or when conversation or a lecture lags, all these moments can be sanctified and made to serve inner peace. Thanks to a prayer that enables one to pray at all times and under all circumstances. The power of the rosary is beyond description. The rosary is a great test of faith. What the Eucharist is in the order of sacraments, that the rosary is in order of sacramental. The mystery and the test of faith, the touchstone by which the soul is judged in its humility. The mark of the Christian is the willingness to look for the divine in the flesh of a babe in a crib, the continuing Christ under the appearance of bread on an altar, and a meditation and a prayer on a string of beads. Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen In addition to this episode today, I'm also going to upload another episode, and that episode is just going to be a discussion and talk that Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen gave on the Most Holy Rosary. So, when you're done with this episode, I encourage you, please, go and listen to Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen and his talk on the Rosary. Where does this love begin? In our own family, in our own home. 
how does it begin? By praying together. Family that prays together stays together. And if you stay together, you will love one another as God loves each one of you. Today, the world, in the world, is so much suffering because of that one of prayer, of unity in the family. So today, when we are together, let us make one strong resolution that we will bring prayer in our family, that we will teach our children to pray and pray with them. And you will see the joy and the love and the peace that will come into your hearts. Because the fruit of prayer is the deepening of faith. And the fruit of faith is love. And the fruit of love is service. And the fruit of service is peace. Works of love are works of peace. That is why let us bring the tender love of God in our families. I'm sure that quite a few of you, yet again, based upon that clip, can figure out who the last warrior for today is. The missionary of the Rosary, born 1910, died 1997, was beatified on October 19th, 2003 by St. John Paul II and canonized September 4th, 2016 by Pope Francis and her feast day is on September 5th. Born in Albania and entered the Sisters of Loreto at the age of 18. While living in India, she witnessed the extreme poverty of many people and was inspired to found a new religious community the missionaries of charity. Her greatest desire was to quench the thirst of Jesus in the destitute, abandoned, and the poorest of the poor around the world. Affectionately known as Mother, she founded orphanages and homes all around the world that are run by her missionaries of charity. In 1979, she was honored with the Nobel Peace Prize. A woman of deep prayer, she lived an intensely Eucharistic spirituality. Incredibly, it was revealed after her death that for most of her life, she had experienced long periods of dryness in the spiritual life, lengthy absences of any spiritual consolation, and the dark night of the soul. Nevertheless, all throughout her torturous spiritual dryness. She remained joyful and steadfast in her service to Jesus in the poor. Her witness of trust and selfless service to God and neighbor were extremely inspiring. She was greatly loved by many popes, especially St. John Paul II. As a young girl, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta made an annual pilgrimage with her mother to the mountain shrine 
of Our Lady of Kernogore. The annual pilgrimage made a deep impression on her young heart. She later attested that the annual visits to the Shrine of Our Lady helped her respond to her religious vocation. St. Teresa delighted in visiting Marian shrines throughout her life. She had a particular love for Guadalupe and Our Lady of Fatima, and fervently prayed for the conversion of Russia, as Our Lady requested at Fatima. St. Mother Teresa had a tremendous devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, as well as the Miraculous Medal. Everywhere she went, she handed out Miraculous Medals to those who were in attendance at her events. In order to carry out this practice, she asked people to obtain large quantities of Miraculous Medals and give them to her in bags so that she could hand them out during her missionary travels. One of her favorite prayers to Our Lady was a memorare. She was known to stop everything in difficult situations and ask others to pray it with her. Her habit of praying nine memorares in a row for immediate assistance from heaven in a difficult situation became known as the Express Novena. She had a boundless trust in Our Lady and sought to imitate Mary's virtues, especially her silent and selfless, co-redemptive suffering. As a young girl, in addition to making the annual Marian pilgrimage, Mother Teresa also belonged to a Marian sodality at her local parish. This sodality instilled in her a lifelong love for the rosary. The rosary became her favorite Marian devotion. Before she founded the Missionaries of Charity, the Blessed Virgin spoke to her and instructed her to teach the rosary to little children and the poor. As was her practice with the Miraculous Medal, she almost always had the rosary in her hand and would pray it at various times throughout the day. She considered holding the rosary to be like holding Mary's hand. The rosary was her constant companion and gave her strength during her years of spiritual dryness and interior suffering. A true champion of the rosary, St. Teresa required the sisters in all the houses of the missionaries of charity around the world to pray the rosary in common every day. Observing the missionaries of charity praying the rosary in their chapels is an extremely edifying experience, especially since they pray it with great devotion and without the assistance of kneelers. St. Teresa's own feet were very worn down and her toes twisted from years of kneeling to pray the rosary on hard floors with no kneelers. In her zeal for the rosary, she declared that she wanted to open 15 convents in Russia in honor of the 15 mysteries of the rosary. This was before St. John Paul II established the luminous mysteries. Providentially, she ended up opening 20 convents in Russia, even though she had no idea that St. John Paul II would add five more mysteries to the rosary five years after her death. Once, while she was traveling through an airport, 
in a country plagued with war. Every one in line was asked if they had any weapons on their person. To everyone's surprise, Mother Teresa declared that she had a weapon. She gently opened her wrinkled hand and revealed her weapon to everyone. Her rosary. She was a great admirer of the efforts of our first warrior, Father Patrick Payton, to spread the family rosary and attended his events on several occasions to show her support. When she died, in 1997, her body was placed in a casket with a rosary and a large miraculous medal in her hands. And unless you've been living under a rock for the past 20, 30 years, well, we all, for the most part, know Mother Teresa quite well. <laughs> so here's what we'll do is I'll read a few quotes from Mother Teresa, like we've done with all the other warriors, and then I actually have the audio of an interview. It's an interview of Mother Teresa, and she's being interviewed by Father Patrick Payton. So I'll read a few quotes from her. I'll play you guys the interview. And then we'll sign out the episode. We are taught to love and say the rosary with great devotion. Let us be very faithful to this, our first love, for it will bring us closer to our Heavenly Mother. Our Missionaries of Charities rule asks of us never to go to the slums without first having recited the Mother's praises. That is why we have to say the rosary in the streets and dark holes of the slums. Cling to the rosary as the creeper clings to the tree. For without Our Lady, we cannot stand. The other day, I can't tell you how bad I felt. There was a moment when I nearly refused to accept. Deliberately, I took the rosary and very slowly, without even meditating or thinking, I said it slowly and calmly. The moment passed, but the darkness is so dark and the pain is so painful. But I accept whatever He, Jesus, gives, and I give whatever He takes. Our Missionaries of Charity's Holy Hour is our daily, daily family prayer where we get together and pray the rosary before the exposed Blessed Sacrament for first half hour and the second half hour we pray in silence. When we walk the streets in whatever part of the world, the Sisters Missionaries of Charity carry in their hands the crown of the rosary 
The Virgin is our strength and our protection. We honor her, Mary, by praying the rosary with love and devotion and by radiating her humility, kindness, and thoughtfulness towards others. These are the words from Our Lady to St. Teresa of Calcutta. Take care of them. They are mine. Bring them to Jesus. Carry Jesus to them. Fear not. Teach them to say the rosary. The family rosary and all will be well. And the last two quotes from St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Do you pray the rosary often? Pray the rosary every day. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta. The missionary of the rosary. So we'll move on now and I will present you all with an interview of Father Patrick Payton interviewing Saint Mother Teresa, obviously, before she was <laughs> declared a saint, but about the rosary and eventually family prayer. Thank you, dear Mother Teresa, for being with us. Some time ago, you told me, and I was thrilled when you told me, that you had a special preference for the visitation mystery. I would love to hear your reasons why. The visitation is the very special for me because I think that's where Our Lady is the first missionary of charity, because she was the first one to carry Jesus as the handmaid of the Lord. The moment Jesus came in her life, immediately she went in haste to give him to others. And that going is what we as missionaries of charity should be and should do. Mother, because of what you have just said and because of the reputation throughout the world of your devotion to our Blessed Mother and the Rosary, I would now like to ask you, what has the rosary done to help you throughout your life? We pray the rosary even in the street. And it has be, we use it as a weapon to proclaim that presence of the good news that God loves the world, that he loves each one of us. And also, with her help, we try to bring the love of our son right to our people the dying, the crippled, the mental, the lepers. And it's so beautiful to see what she is in their life. I believe what you say, Father, that family that prays together stays together. Well, there you have it. Today's episode of Warriors of the Rosary. And now I hope Y'all enjoyed today's episode. As I said, three very, very, not only famous, but influential 
people in the development of the rosary in modern times. I mean, Father Patrick Payton, over two million people gathering together in one place to say the rosary together. That's absolutely incredible. Did you know that if you pray the rosary in a group or in a family, in family prayer, you gain the graces from every single one of those rosaries, not just yours. So you're simultaneously praying for everyone who's praying with you while praying for yourself. And if you can't pray the rosary with your family, just pray the rosary. If you can't get the graces times four, it's best just to get the graces times one. If you all would like to get a hold of me, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash jmartincatholiczenmind. You can follow me on Twitter at catholic underscore mind. Still, sadly, there are no YouTube videos, but you can follow me on the Catholic with a Zen Mind YouTube channel. And you can either search that in the search bar, or you can click the link in the show notes. Or you can just email me, catholiczenmind.com at yahoo.com I hope I really hope you all have been enjoying these rosary episodes as much as I've been enjoying presenting them to you it's been a lot of work and uh, it's definitely been fun we'll say that soon we will return when the, when the month of October ends we will return to our normal schedule here at Catholic with the Zen Mind. But until then, come back and join us tomorrow where we will go over two more warriors, our last two warriors of the Rosary before I bring you our spiritual weapon episode. We'll go over the promoter of the Rosary, a very beloved saint by countless people today. And then we'll go over the only remaining living warrior in Father Donald Calloway's book, The Theologian of the Rosary. Until next time, Zen hard, or don't, pray hard, pray the rosary, pick up them beats, and pray harder. Stay humble. God bless. Prayer for Humility Lord God, we pray to you with all our hearts and soul that in your mercy you may deliver us from pride and grant us the inestimable gift of humility that we may not follow the evil spirits in their pride to destruction but Christ, the Divine Master of humility to sanctification. May God, 
in his goodness. Grant us this, now and forever. Amen. Forgetting that he came primarily to die as a savior and to teach us how to be self-possessed, how to be men, how to resist the thing that drags us down, even to the beast. Just as soon as you try to get a Christ without a cross, to try to please everyone, then you have a sentimental, a romanticized Christ. But the one way to prevent a war is to make a war. And not a war against our enemies, but a war against ourselves. To unsheath a sword and unsheath it, not against the enemy in hate, but to unsheath it against ourselves and all that is base and vile. For it is well to remember that God hates peace in those who are destined for war. <laughs>